100,000 years ago. It found its way into our galaxy. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. Hey everyone, welcome to Half-Ass Movie Reviews. I'm John. And I'm Matt. And today we're here to talk about 1982's John Carpenter directed The Thing. But before we dive into that, if you are a fan of 4K Blu-ray reviews, or in this case, podcasts, ah, yeah, see, we're adding that into the introduction. If you're a fan of that, movie reviews, some tech and game reviews along the way, nothing helps out the channel more than by you subscribing to this channel, liking this video, giving the podcast five stars, and mm -hmm. then after you do all that, go tell all your friends about us. Oh yeah, tell <laughs> them all. So, The Thing, the 1982, thing. John Carpenter. So, you know, we've had this conversation mm -hmm. before about... Carpenter movies. You're a huge Carpenter Car guy. Huge and Carpenter. I like to think I am, but you know what? Every time I watch a Carpenter movie, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I know you are. And uh, if you guys hear the fan in the background, that's gonna go out in a second. It's just yeah, we uh, we're in my basement. My basement's heated by a pellet stove, mm. which uses a blower motor to blow the hot air. So it's on its way of shutting off. So uh, any minute you just hear it shut right off. So yeah. bear then with us for few seconds yeah then you won't hear it so one of your favorite movies ever is Halloween which Halloween Halloween which is a John Carpenter movie yeah so easily his best movie in my opinion I actually think it's the thing I think the thing is his best film that he's ever yeah, put out you know this is my third maybe fourth time watching the thing and I, I don't hate it but I just, I don't love it. I, I wanted to love it, and I just, I just don't. I get that. I, I can understand that. But it's just strange, because you're such a fan of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Halloween is, I mean, it's just, the acting just doesn't live up to, like, the thing doesn't have the greatest acting in scenes, given it's got some great actors, but... Yeah, but you know what? The way you dissect the movie and the way I dissect the movie is much different. That's true. So you're looking at acting, line delivery, um, you know all the stuff that I guess the Oscars look at and like what a normal person looks at. Me, I'm a popcorn movie guy. Like I just, I'm there for the entertainment value, uh, the story, which the thing has a great story, mm -hmm. but overall I'm just a big slasher guy. You know, Halloween is just one of my favorites. I love horror movies. And I'm not saying that the thing was terrible. I just think that Halloween, in my opinion, I get much more enjoyment out of it. I can completely understand that. And John Carpenter had quite a run here, actually. So in 1978, he had Halloween. Mm -hmm. And then he also had, not too far after that, he had Christine. Which I love. Yeah, Christine is great. Escape from New York, which that's one that you're kind of iffy on. Um, I've seen it once or twice. I need to revisit it because it's been a long time. But okay. I don't remember hating it. I remember enjoying it. I like that one a lot, too. And also in there, he had it right after Halloween. He had The Fog. So he actually had... The Fog is the first miss, in my opinion. Yeah, that one's not... A 100% for me as well, but then after he did that, when he did Christine and he did Escape from New York, I feel like he was on fire in all cylinders, and then in 1982, he released The Thing. And The Thing, again, it's not bad. It's, it's a great winter horror movie. Yes. Um, there's just some... I just felt like it, it got a little boring. Maybe, I don't know. I was... I've been pretty busy this week, and, um, you know, so I've been a little distracted, and I had my phone in my hand during the movie, so maybe I got a little distracted, and kind of hard you know but that kind of says something because we watch a lot of movies here and it's very tempting to pick up your phone it's very rare that i can sit there and watch a movie without touching my phone 
and uh, it, it, it's... It's a real testament, actually. The phone but, thing is a testament to it. But <laughs> you know what? I, there's a hack to it, and it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if I got a big old bowl of popcorn or a snack, I could watch that movie and concentrate all day while I'm eating. Eating makes anything better. However, well, that's the ADD in us. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, you got to get like a stress ball or like one of those fidget spinners because your mind just always wants to do something with its hands. I'm not sure what to do with my hands. I, I guess that's what it is. I don't know, but like, I'm just, oh, let me look this up. Oh, let me look this yeah, up. Yeah, you just, do see faces and you want to grab it. Like, I'm, Well, it's not even that. I'm looking at parts from my car, or, you know, I'm just Oh, all you're over just the, all over the I'm place. I'm all over yeah. the place, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's, that is the ADHD, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I have ADHD, yeah. but well, I'm sure you do, too. Oh, yeah. I got diagnosed with it, so. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's jump into the thing. Yep. We, we tangent enough. Um, so, the thing was released on June 25th, 1982, which mm -hmm. actually came out the same year. I mean, not even the same year. It is the same year, but the same month as a bunch of other movies that came out in 1982 in the sci-fi horror genre. That includes E.T., Poltergeist, uh, The Wrath of Kong from Star Trek. All that came out in June of 1982. Blade Runner. Solid year. Solid month. Yeah. Like, if you imagine going to the Solid theater. Solid month. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all one month of 1982. Wow, that's all. I thought you were saying the same year. No, that's all June of oh, 1982. Holy cow. But <laughs> this raises a question. Why would you put the thing out in June? Yeah, it's a winter movie. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Yeah, like, I, I don't understand. They do that a lot. You know, there's a couple Halloween movies that came out in August. Like, mm. like I don't know. Me and you were big into, like, the seasons. Like, yeah, you didn't like, even want to watch this until it got cold yeah, out. Yeah, I, I like to tie stuff into, like, that. Yeah, like, I don't want to watch this when it's warm out. It doesn't feel like a warm movie. Mm hmm So, all right, we're going to dive into the thing. So, the thing... Well, I have a quick question. Okay. I had a $15 million budget. Yep. Okay. Oh, this is a bomb. And, okay, it is a bomb, because yeah. it only made 19.6 million, so there was a profit, but, so this is considered a, I was going to ask, how is this received? Yeah, most John Carpenter movies, especially at the time, were all considered failures. Actually, that's why, after Big Trouble in Little China, he stopped working with big studios, because all his movies would bomb. Mm. People didn't start really liking John Carpenter until like the 90s. They're like, oh, he's the guy who made Halloween and that was really... Even The Thing wasn't considered a classic until way after it was released. See, I, f I think I fall into that category. People had to revisit it and then they started reestablishing how good it was. It just kind of got lost in the weeds, like we just said. It was released in June of 1982. E.T. was the movie that month. That was everything that felt... But and then Wrath of Kong was big for the Star Trek fans. And then, you know, Poltergeist and this... And the thing was kind of last. Yeah, I would, I would, I guess I agree with that list. I would probably put E.T. at the top. You have to put E.T. at the top. Mm -hmm. And I love the thing. The thing is in my top five horror movies of all time, but E.T. is special. So the movie opens up, we see a husky running through the well, snow. Well, before that, you got the, we see the ship crash oh, on the planet and right, we get that right, awesome right. logo where it rips apart. Yes, the thing. Yep, and then we see the husky running. So that's the thing crash landing on Earth. Yes, which okay. is, I guess they say in the film about 10,000 years before the actual events start in the movie. Gotcha, okay. So it crashes into Antarctica, which is just terrible for the Then actual... we see this poor old dog I know. running through the snow and we have no idea why these Norwegians that mm -hmm. we later find out are in a helicopter and he is a terrible shot. Awful. Terrible. Honestly, shot. they're all pretty awful because is that the, <laughs> the guy doing the shooting? Is that the same guy who goes to throw the grenade and it just comes out of his hand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're uh... like, what the fuck? I get it. They're a little nervous because you know they've been through hell. Like essentially everything right. we see in this movie, they just went through, mm. which is what the prequel is about. Is that Norwegian team? Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And yeah, actually, I watched the prequel and I don't think I like that at all. I don't like the prequel this at all. This is much either. better than the prequel. It is, and it also had a sequel, a game, which I have not played, but I might. 
phone. I'm looking at my Xbox shelf. I can't see it from here. I know it's blue. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if I have that. Now, one thing I looked up for the first time while watching this movie, when he's yelling at the Americans about what the actual thing is about the dog, he's yelling something at them. And he reveals the whole plot of the movie. You want to read? You want to hear what he said? What do you mean? There's no subtitles? No, they don't put the subtitles on the uh, screen. So the Norwe yeah, because they don't want you to reveal a mystery because I don't know what language it is. I'm assuming it's called Norwegian. So if you spoke Norwegian, you would understand the this. whole movie for you. you pretty much. It says, <laughs> it says, get the hell out of there. That's not a dog. It's the same. It's some sort of thing. It's, a, it's an imitation dog. It isn't real. So, like, he's telling them that it's not real. But we don't know that because they kill him. They kill everyone. The helicopter blows up because of that yes. grenade because the idiot's, a, you know, a, a horrible throw. I don't know how you make that mistake. And then he <laughs> dies on it in the snow, idiot. Oh, my Jesus. God. Yeah, they're not bright. All right, so we get inside and we get to meet our cast of characters led by McCready, played by the legend Kurt legendary Kurt Russell. And I think that I was trying to go through it. I think this is his best role of all time. Is it the eyeshadow? The eyeshadow. Oh my God, you have a big problem with the eyeshadow. <laughs> I just don't understand it. I don't understand it either. Actually, no, I don't even think it's eyeshadow. I think it's mascara. You think it's that, it? that fucking pencil? Yeah, I, I don't know if they were just trying to draw you to his eyes or they thought because I don't know what they maybe they didn't expect this to come to 4K and like, it makes it clearer. I'm not sure but, what the, the thought process and idea there's the fan just went off. Yeah. There's a lot of weird things in this movie as far as like choices, like the hat he's wearing, the sunglasses. I get it. I've never been to Antarctica and I'm assuming it's very cold. So I guess the clothes they have to wear fits in perfectly with that. You know, they all got their Johnnies on and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But we meet all of our characters and the guy who's handling the dogs, Richard Masser. So Clark is the guy who handles all the dogs. So he's, you know, he takes the husky and he cares about him. Actually, I really like this guy. I thought he was a very caring person. He That's seemed like, the guy with the beard. Yeah. Okay. He seemed like a very warm person and we're not up to it yet, but he meets an untimely demise when he really shouldn't have. And uh, he takes the dog, puts it in the kennel with all the other dogs after, mm -hmm. you know, it's exploring the base for a while first. I don't yes, know if you yes, saw that. So yes. And we get that last shot before it dips to black where he's in the room with Clark alone. Right, you right. You know, which is to help us. Because we don't know who the thing is throughout. We still don't even know at this point what is the thing. We but just, he gets him in that room. I don't know. He never gets him. Clark is like the whole time they kind of keep hinting that Clark's going to be See, one of those names things. names and, and this, that's where I, I'm, I don't know who was who. Okay. Know. So, so, uh, I lost a lot of names. Yeah, there's a lot because this is actually a very stacked cast of people. You got Wilford Brimley is probably the big one, other than Claire, uh, Kurt Russell's character. He's the guy with the mustache, he's the guy who's most famous for saying diabetes. I hope you choose to get involved with a good doctor, find out some things about diabetes. And you're, you know, there's the, he's the fatter guy with the glasses, he's the guy who odds up, they lock him they in lock the shed. Him in, in solitary. Yeah, because yeah. he was, so that's uh, Wilford Brimley who the made The first it. guy who went crazy. Yes, the, basically the first guy. He's, and he, you know, he had every right to be. He's a doc, he's a doctor and he's losing it. So, question, when the thing gets them or infects them, they don't know? I don't know if because it looks like they're not too sure. They aren't sure because like, I, and that's a lot of questions I have going forward. Is like, okay, the one guy, especially the guy who gets the stuff through his chest, that yeah, big scene, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he seems like he's like infected, but he doesn't seem to know. And I'm very confused as to when it happens. Now they do things with the camera where we don't see people for a while, and we mm -hmm. assume that that's when they're getting taken over. Right, but like you know, I don't know. And, I, 
I'm just trying to figure out how exactly it, it works there because is it kind of like aliens where it has to touch them and like put well, something in their body? Well, we saw it trying to create somebody. So it basically, I think it explodes out of them from what I understand and then just takes it all and then recreates it, it into it. Because the one guy was like, like, like he was having like a heart or just chest pain or something. Yeah. And I guess that was it growing inside of him. Yeah. Like, it, like, it, did it he not know that it was in him? Like, how does it, how does it get in there? It's a complete, and the Keith David brings this up on their outside. If this thing is a complete replica, how would we know? If it's, because it's supposed to know all your emotions. You see it attacking that one computer screen that William Brittany is looking at and you see it just attacking the cells and just completely turning into it. Mm. Which I thought was very interesting, actually. And you can see that's why. <laughs> Imagine being locked in Antarctica with a thing like that. It's it's gonna win. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah. So when they put that dog in the crate with all the other in the kennel with all the other dogs, you know, the other dogs know pretty fast. Oh yeah, they 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 sensed it right away, and there was there was a uh, an uproar. Yeah. In the kennels. Yeah. So, so he, uh, <laughs> McCready pulls the fire alarm, heads down there with mm -hmm. the shotgun, and then he sees it attacking all the other dogs with all that stuff coming out of it. Yeah. Yep, all the little tentacles and the little... Yeah, that's all practical. Yep. All those effects, that's what this movie's probably most known for. Is it's I'm assuming they're like, they probably use like air hoses or something. I and then just, Yeah, they're, they're probably lines with air in it and then just... That's why it's mm. going like that. I love the sound effects, but yeah, but he ends up shooting one of the other dogs in the chest and that kind of makes me upset. Yeah. And... Um, sad. It is sad. I mean, that's one thing. And then they get Keith David's child's character and say, hey, bring the flamethrower, which... Why do they have flamethrowers just there? They're all like doing research and everything like that. Maybe they got to melt ice or something. Mm, or... That's possible. Because they know? had a couple of them on hand. But they all, they have guns and everything. Maybe they don't know what's in the wild of Antarctica. But I imagine... Yeah, no, Antarctica, it's cold. So, you know, they, they got to warm it up. Maybe it's to start fire. I don't know. So, Antarctica, it's pretty cold there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got the lowest recorded temperature of 156 degrees. And on top of that, very hard to survive on 156 degrees. I don't know if you knew that. Mm. But they describe it as a, like, ice desert. That's pretty much what Antarctica is. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, very hard to live down there. I think it's got a population of in the thousands. Mm -hmm. Thinking of moving. <clears throat> you gonna go down? I would thrive in Antarctica. You I, ever see uh, 30 Days and 30 Nights? I have seen that. Yeah, that's Antarctica also. Yeah, I, I, I thrive. That's why I've always either wanted to go to Alaska or Antarctica. Someplace cold, because if you guys see my skin, for audio listeners, I am extremely white. So me and the sun have never Albino, gotten along. to be exact. Yes, me and the sun have never gotten along in any shape or form. It's actually, it's attempted and failed a couple times to kill me. Hmm. <laughs> so who always comes out on top on that one? Uh, the sun. <laughs> the sun hasn't lost yet, I guess. <laughs> so they shoot the dogs with the, well, they shoot the, the, the thing, the meta, while it's trying to form into another dog with the flamethrower, they burn it down, then it jumps up through the, the floorboards above it, and now it is on the loose in the compound, and mm -hmm. we don't know what it looks like anymore. Nope, now it's gone, and they figure, okay, well, something must have happened at that Norwegian base, and mm -hmm. they send McCready and one other guy, I believe it was uh, Cooper, uh, they send them and they go, or was it Gary? It might have been Gary. The two of them, they go there and they find all of their research and they find everything that they've been doing and they get a hold of some tapes and they also see where they were keeping it in that big like ice box. Mm -hmm. And they take all that stuff back with them at the same time as uh, the thing is in, its, in the base, just going like person to person, I guess, recreating them, right? Yep, yep, yep. 
And uh, is this the part in the movie where we get that first time where it's starting to take over somebody? Well, you know, actually throughout the base, they do some good character development. We see those two guys watching that one show, smoking a joint. Yes. So we get to see what they all do. They're playing cards, like all of them, the one guy's in the kitchen cooking. He gets mm -hmm. mad at uh, one of them for throwing their... And they, did you notice that? They're like shitty long johns. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like somebody shitting them and yeah. then threw them out. And he's like, and he's like, he brings them in there and throws them. And McCready's just looking at it like, hmm, I wonder whose these are. So it's like, throw them out. They got fucking skid marks all over. <laughs> all over it. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> just throw them out. Start a fresh pair. Like, you're an animal. <laughs> they head off. So, like, we get to see all that. And then the first guy who looks kind of like you if you grew your hair out and had red hair, uh, that bald guy. Oh, you, uh, uh, one thing we didn't talk about was the autopsy scenes. There's a couple autopsy scenes throughout. There's times when William Brittany's character is like going through and he's like comparing them like a regular human. The region was a normal person, no drugs and no alcohol in them. And then the thing that they were cutting up and he's like, oh, oh yeah. the noises he's making, he's pulling. Yeah. It's like, oh, what we got here is a regular set of organs. But as you can see, that ain't no dog. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it, um, it was in the middle of its metamorphosis. Meta Morphosis. Yes. But it didn't have time to complete it. Nope. And we see that again where it almost had time to complete it. And that's what I was talking about the guy who looks kind of like you because he's gone bald and he's still somehow, for some reason, he's growing his hair out. He's got that red beard and like, and he's out in the woods. Well, not in the woods. He goes out into the snow and he's not fully transformed. He hasn't gotten his voice yet. And he's got the hands. He's like, that was when they lit on fire? Yeah, they had to. Through, when he ran through the wall? Oh, that's later in the movie. That's later in the movie, but See, this one... I'm just, I'm... This, yeah, no, this there, is... There was a lot taken from me, so uh, I'm gonna just... Yeah, I'll, I'll guide you through it because uh, as we get there, like we can see like the, you know, he's still got, you remember he got the hands, they weren't done yet and he's like standing there with them like this. He's actually in the movie uh, Manhunter also in a very small part, this I guy. this part completely. Really? You don't remember? I always yeah. remember because the sound effect he makes. It's not ringing a bell yeah. for some reason. And, and then after they kill him, light him on fire, they run back inside and uh, Gary goes up and he's like, what's, he's like, I've known Bennings for 10 years. He wouldn't be that. Like the, like these characters are, they're all fleshed out pretty well. Like the guy Windows, the guy doing the on the walkie-talkie trying to get somebody on the horn. Mm. He's, yes. He's trying. Yeah, I haven't talked to anybody in months or whatever. We could be the yeah. last ones or something like and that. He's like, we're a thousand miles from nowhere, man. When Gary's like, tell him, like, well, keep trying. We got to find somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what really makes this so scary to me is they are in Antarctica. Like, the the rescue team doesn't come till the spring. It's the first week of winter. Right. And yep. winter in Antarctica looks just like summer in Antarctica. The highest that Antarctica can get is 50 degrees. Mm. So they ain't coming in there until... <laughs> pretty late right yeah so they got to try and survive with and this and they're in the middle of a storm middle of a, of a snowstorm uh, that's actually those are some of my favorite scenes too is when McCready's by himself with the tape recorder one other thing I think it rips through your clothes when it takes you over windows found some shredded long johns but the name tag was missing and he's like just telling them everything actually early in the movie we skipped over it the only female in this entire movie is the chess game Oh, the computer. That the he, cheating bitch. That he pours the, the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I love McCready, though. He's up there. He just wants like, I just want to head up to my cabin and get drunk. Like, he's just, ah. he's the helicopter pilot. Like, these all, all these people have their own jobs. They're all there for, like, different reasons. You know, the guy takes care of the dogs. There's the guy who's a biologist. The guy who's a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all there. Someone handles the guns. Someone handles the radio. That's why there's so many of them. And it is hard to keep track of all their names throughout. Right. And I've seen this movie, like, a hundred times. And I still get, like, I still was, like, looking. I'm like, okay, 
what's this guy's name? Is that Cooper? Is that Gary? Like, was that Windows? You know, all these guys. Yeah, I have a tough time with that. So even Keith David, because I know you know who Keith David is. He's Childs. He's one of the last two at the end, and you oh, okay. know him from plenty of movies. He does a lot of uh, voice work. He's actually just, he plays the president on Rick and Morty still. He's in Something About Mary. He's the dad who, like, he comes in there and he's like... I have to see his face. Ah, uh, Keith Dave. I'm okay, I'm going to show you his face. And then he's also in They Live. He's the one who has the 15-minute fight with Roddy Roddy Piper oh, on the street. okay. <laughs> so he works I, with John Carpenter. That's all you had to say. Yeah. Yes, yes, well, yes. you know what it is with him? He was a really good-looking guy in the 80s, and mm -hmm. he's gotten older, and I mean, I guess we all don't age gracefully. Yeah. Not everyone can age like me and just grow into a better-looking man. You know, everyone usually ages worse. Right. I yep. age like a fine wine. I'd be a $1,500 bottle of wine in five years. Yeah, I disagree with that, but moving on where are we now well we just killed uh what's his name bennings so bennings is the he his little job title is meteorologist so he's keeping track of the weather so he doesn't have that hard of a job because weathermen are allowed to be wrong a correct lot. yes so his job is always wrong always wrong so after all this and they started looking at all the footage of everything and then they see them all these norwegian teams which is actually pretty funny to me like ah oh, we're gonna get nothing out of this they're like there's nine hours of tapes and then immediately after he says that we see them blowing up the ice to get yeah <laughs> it just it's conveniently uh, right at that exact moment edited, and then it stops oh and this is how they did this oh and this they just get all their answers all their answers right away even the film is like cut up perfectly like yeah, uh, the uh, camera uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that in movies. The best is when a movie has a security footage, and it's the same exact footage we saw with like the best camera lens. It's like, wow, it's nice that they somehow, in 2023, my job itself can't have camera footage that you can see clear five feet in front of it. Mm. But in the 80s, they had security footage that looks like it was on film. <laughs> or when they put news oh, in the movie God. that just tells you what's going on in the plot. That's one of the laziest plot ways to, uh, and the laziest exposition delivery ever is through news footage. Uh, that movie Guardians I saw, that's how they move the plot along. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so after seeing all that, they decide, all right, well, let's head back to where they were doing this research. And I think it's like a few miles northeast of the Norwegian base. And they see this big, giant spaceship open that they mm -hmm. blew up. And they blew it up perfectly. They made a perfect circle around this thing. Little little green screen there. Uh, no, big... I, no, I don't think that's a green screen. I think that is a painting that they're standing in front of, a lot like they did with uh, Star Wars movies. Oh, uh, okay. You know, they make these like big matte like glass paintings and everything like that, where it makes it look like there's something huge behind them. It's right. Just, you just do something with the camera, and it's hmm. it's very fascinating because like there is no computer generated images in this movie. It's all practical effects, everything. It's 1982. Look at what Blair is working on, on the computer he's working on. Like, that thing that they show in the cells, like, that computer is a piece of shit. Mm. You know? All the green screens with the just ones and twos, yeah. Yeah, that's nothing. Nothing that's going to help them, really. That's the best of the technology they had in the 80s, you know? Nope, yeah, I think it. the Apple II was the biggest computer at the time. That was it. So, once they come back and they figure out, okay, there is some sort of alien creature here and we all do not trust each other because this thing can completely imitate anything. Mm -hmm. Right down to the cell, personality, we will never know what exactly this thing is. And they just call it a thing because that's, <laughs> that's yeah, what it is. No name. It is. And it's that. only one alien. And basically the cells themselves, they don't even die. You can't, like, you got to burn it completely and if mm -hmm. it just a little bit escapes... It's just going to keep going. And we see that when they have the body covered, you can see the blood just lick it. Then that's it. It just needs one cell. We get a lot of shots in this movie 
where they're building all this tension and the sense of dread, and we haven't talked about it yet, and that's the score to this movie, which was done by Anino Morricone, who a lot of people probably most know from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. They did the score on that. Dun, dun, dun. You've heard the good and the bad and the ugly score. Yeah, you know, it's one of the most famous scores. <laughs> I mean, ever. It didn't sound like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> da -da -da. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. No, nothing. I, I apologize for uh, <laughs> for John over here. So Anita Morricone made that score, and like I told you, the Hateful Eight actually used a deleted song from the soundtrack on their. It's very funny because, again, just like the thing, The Hateful Eight takes place in the snow where they're locked in a cab and you don't know who to trust. Mm. It's very similar to that. And just like in that, like, I just love a blizzard outside in a movie. I think that's phenomenal when they do that. And this movie really captured that, the cold and the dread. And the score really does an amazing job. I actually think that this is probably the best score in a John Carpenter movie. And it's funny because John Carpenter himself didn't do it. Oh, yeah, Halloween is much better. Yeah, I agree. Halloween has probably one of the most iconic scores. And I, I've had that as my ringtone. It's great. I guess you're probably right. But I think this one does a great job of building the dread. Yeah, Not bad. I think he does a good job really helping the... Just a bit underwhelmed with this movie. I know, know you were. And it really bothers me because I really think that this was a great movie. It's not terrible it's really not no and then you know these people these guys they're all starting to not trust each other now at this mm -hmm. point we've reached the point in the film where everyone's paranoid everyone's paranoid and the most paranoid is william brindley's character of blair he fought like i said he was looking at that computer he sees what this can do and he just he can't trust anyone no more he grabs a gun out of his desk and he just starts destroying everything in the room which i don't understand completely because i get it i think he's doing that for the best of humanity he just feels like they're all going die so at this point you know fuck it just destroy all of our stuff you know this is the best we can do we, we have no choice so he starts shooting the gun and then you know he's firing at everybody he's got windows cornered and they're like oh, this is where you know McCready he's the leader he like okay Childs go over there and talk to him he's like you guys go over there grab a uh, grab a table and charge at him so when the axe goes into the table they were able to you know Pull the axe. knock him down and McCready beats the shit out of him a couple times in the face they lock him up outside and they're like <laughs> Dude, you gotta stay out of here. They give him some medicine, and this is some good acting by William Brentley. He's like, watch Clark. Keep an eye on Clark. That's the guy with the dogs. Yeah. You know, and again, they keep trying to let us know, like, it's probably this guy Clark is probably the thing. But it's not. It's not, and it never is. And that's what makes his ending so sad, because he never was. And he's actually just such a nice guy. I really like mm -hmm. the actor who plays Clark. I thought he did a great job. And they start moving along pretty much just, uh, again, still very untrusting. They're all trying to stay together. So they lock him up. They all are just staying in one room pretty much the entire time, keeping an eye on everybody. They start doing some research. A couple guys head up to McCready's room. That's his cabin up on a... Yeah. Up on the hill. What do you think of the base itself? It's like kind of like a small town. Um, yeah, I mean... It's a big camp. It's a big camp. It kind of reminded me of like a small town in a western almost. Because like they all have like they have other, the cabin. They said that's where they locked up Blair was in a tool shed. They have the big main base where they're in with those big uh, old containers, which I don't know what they keep in there, but I remember my dad's job had a ton of those. Those like barrel things on the floor that are like almost like cardboard. I don't know. It's just a I, barrel things on the floor. They're like they're for storage. 
They're like brown, like almost like a cardboard color. I don't know what you would keep in that, but they have a bunch of those on the base. And the base, the set design is awesome. I love this. Like, you know, the color, it's very gray and everything like that. And actually, it's funny, an X-Files episode basically spoofed this or satired it. You know what? I, I thought about X-Files while I was watching this also. X-Files did a, a, a complete recreation of this episode. And X-Files probably did it better. I love that X-Files episode. I believe that's a season two episode. And, you know, we're huge X-Files. Early X-Files, yeah. yeah. The first few seasons of the X-Files are phenomenal, in my mm -hmm. opinion, right? That's some of the best stuff that they ever did was on the X-Files. Big X-Files guy, yeah. Yeah, and uh, David Duchovny, actually, really funny, just watched a movie called You People. He popped up in that. Did he? Yep, and like I said, he's kind of getting a little old, it feels like. Well, the, you know... He is probably pretty old. Yeah, his line delivery, he felt like a little bit like he was burnt out. His line delivery was a little strange in this movie, but he still did a good job. But we're not here to talk about you people. Check that one out, though. It's a good movie. So we're continuing our plot. All these guys, they're all, like we said, not so they went. They went to check out the cabin, right? Yeah, they checked out the cabin. So and it looks like we're the team debates whether to allow McCready back inside. Well, you remember the one guy comes inside and he's like, oh, McCready, because they found his ripped up. In, right. And we know that it tears through your clothes, so they don't mm -hmm. trust McCready. But McCready, man, this is an awesome shot. He takes the dynamite, he takes the flame, uh, well, it's a flare, and he's like, I'll blow us all to pieces if you don't let me back. And he's got that snow in his fucking beard. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God, that's an awesome shot. It's just being lit by the and flare. And a lot of mascara on. Yes, he's still got the mascara on. And, but his beard is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess. It was just frozen. It was frozen, and his hair is great. Like, Kurt Russell's a good-looking guy. Didn't need the mascara, but good-looking guy. Okay. All right. So anyway, he's threatening him. Nobody trusts him. Childs, the most of all, doesn't trust him at all. But yeah, he's got the dynamite. Mm -hmm. And he comes up with a plan. He's like, okay, I came up with a test we can do. Now, first, the blood got drained out. Somebody knew that, well, one of the things knew that they were going to try and do something with that blood. And he drained it all out of the fridge. Well, they just, they somehow got in there with the, the key, the lock and key. And, and then locked it back up when they were done. Yeah, I can't figure this one out at all actually yeah, because the people that actually never tell us either. they never do and the people who would have had access to the keys at this point both weren't a thing mm -hmm. so either want the thing somehow knows how to use keys perfectly because i guess they get when they duplicate the cells and they make a brain they're like oh i know how to use keys now so he swiped it and drained the blood and all that but mccready comes up with a test he's like i know what we can do i got a test we can do so they put all the blood into these, like, I guess they're like vials. Petri dishes. Petri dishes, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, these cells want to survive. So the only way they're going to survive, if they see something hot in there, they're going to run from it right away. That's just, They're all living cells. All cells are living, but these cells fight back. Right. So he's like, okay, let's test them out. And they're going through. Heats up. He's heating up the wire, and he, everyone dr puts their blood in the Petri dishes. They go around, and he tests everyone's blood one by one. Yep. And they and get... Who gets caught? But actually, before that, this is when we see Clark uh, Clark's death. Because Clark goes to punch Kurt Russell in the face, turns over, shoots him right in the head, and kills him. And then when they tested his blood, it's he revealed was fine, yes. he was fine. So Clark, this is the guy that all throughout the movie, Blair warns us about, like, he's probably... And when we first shoot him, we think, oh, shit, there it is. He is a thing. Well, he thought it was Clark because he was alone with, with, the, the, dog. with the stray dog. Which makes right. sense. I wouldn't be a little trusting of him, too. But when he goes to punch him and he dies, and like we really, and a, a child's line, this gets me every time. He's like, I think Clark was human, huh? Which makes you a murderer, don't it? 
which is, it could be understandable in this situation, but when you got everyone tied to the couch like that. So Palmer, he's the one guy. So the second his blood starts to fight back, he starts shaking and the, with the rest of them on the fucking couch and yeah. they got to burn his ass to death. And they do, mm -hmm. they do. He, he, they kill him and then they got to go back and test everyone else's blood still. And everyone, and everyone else, passes. everyone passes. They go outside to test Blair's blood. And what do they know? Blair's, uh, he's in there, but he's a little fucking freaked out. And we get, this is where he's already a thing. Like, we also see a rope hanging in there. Did you notice that? I don't know if that, why that was. Like, he was no, gonna kill himself. It. I have no idea why that was placed there, but it is placed there. Like a noose? Like, it is. It's a noose. And it's oh, really? right in frame, like, to the right of his head. And I have no idea why. I didn't catch that. Yeah, so, again, he's speaking calmly, so he's already a thing at this point. I don't know how he turned into a thing. Do you think he was a thing before this? It infects the blood somehow, like just a little slice that doesn't have to put something in you. Who knows? They got to be alone with you. That's the thing. Well, they don't have to be alone with you. It's just they have to. They need time, though. Like they, it doesn't just transform that easily. So it needs time. That's why the other times when we've caught it transforming, that's why they're able to kill it. It needs a little bit of time and you have to be alone with it. So that's why Blair, there was plenty of time to transform him yeah. into a thing. And he starts building his ship underneath. Pretty smart, honestly. Mm -hmm. This The thing I think might be a smarter uh, species than us. Maybe. Right? Who's to say? I don't know. Because I'm guessing at this point it, it has to be. Because it knows how to build its own ship. It's been buried and frozen for 10,000 years. So mm. 10,000 years on Earth... We weren't that smart 10,000 years ago. No. We weren't smart 100 years ago. We're a very primitive species, so. We're not smart now. No, we're not smart now, unfortunately. I'm smart, but nobody else is. Wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they head down there and they notice, oh shit, it's building a ship. And the only person that didn't come with them is Childs, played by Keith David. Mm -hmm. Then this is actually the point in the film where we see its full creature full creature design it starts blasting through the floor we see its teeth and everything yes what do you think of the creature design um it's not bad you know it's pretty cool to see yeah i, I like that it was all practical and boring. it looked gross it was yes uh but <sighs> damn i can't think of the word i'm looking for it's just i liked i liked the design the the, the detail they put into it I, mm. I i enjoyed the character model yeah we actually didn't talk about the earlier in the scene where they we didn't talk about the scene with the defibrillator this is actually something, this is, people have said this is the scariest scene that they've ever seen on film. Why? I don't think it's that, exactly. Now, again, we weren't. bites off his arm? Yeah, we weren't around in 1982, so. Okay, we'll give a little bit of a pass to everybody else. But, like, it bites his arms off, and you hear the sound effects. And the sound effect sounds like, like, Play-Doh or, like, goo just ripping off. It doesn't sound like arms ripping off. Now, given, I've never seen anyone's arms get ripped off their body. I would say Halloween is scarier than this. So do I. I don't think this movie is scary at all. And this was hyped up to me as one of the scariest movies I've that you're supposedly supposed to ever see. It was this and The Exorcist. I think The Exorcist is way scarier than this. Yeah, I would agree. And I don't know. I don't understand why they consider this movie so scary. It's thrilling. It builds a great sense of dread. But I don't think this is a, a scary, scary movie. This would never Not make my all. top 10 scariest movies I've ever seen. No way, no how. If anything, it's more of a sci-fi horror film. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree with that, yep. Yeah, so after that scene, and then they're out there, and they end up fighting with the monster, essentially, or the alien creature, because this mm -hmm. is an alien film, let's be honest. Yep. It's probably the best alien film ever, in my opinion. Even better mm -hmm. than Alien or Aliens. Way, way, way wrong. Alien is leagues ahead of this. Wow, no. This would be my number one alien film of all time. That is crazy to me. So they end up blowing the thing to pieces. They kill it. I like this over Alien? I do like this more than Alien. I love Alien. Don't get me wrong. 
Alien has better set design. It has a better sense of dread, I'll admit, because they're down in deep space. But it's a better movie in every way. No, it's not a better movie. This is a better movie. This is just, I, I love this movie. I told you. It's just, this is a special one. Maybe I'm not doing the best job of describing this movie, but it is a special movie. Everyone who's seen this movie knows that it's special. I just special. watched it last night. I'm having a tough time with the recap here. <laughs> <laughs> but after they destroy it, everyone, the only two people left alive through this entire ordeal of events is Keith David's Childs and McCready, played by Kurt Russell. McCready's beautiful hair and mascara survive, and Keith David comes down there, and this is what I was trying to tell you uh, for the longest time. This movie has been debated, who's the thing in the end? Is it Keith David's character? Is it Kurt Russell's character? No, now, they're both gonna die if they're both human, because they both know there's no way they're gonna survive. It's the winter, they have no heat. Mm -hmm. That's it, they're, they're done. So they're just gonna sit with each other. But I know who the thing is, and it's really obvious to me. It just fades to black. Yeah, but they're sitting... Well, the, the score plays over it, and they zoom out into where we see the whole base and everything. Well, he goes, what do we do now? We're just going to sit here and see what happens. I, I yep, and that's that. it. And you were disappointed with that, right? Yeah, what the fuck is that? Well, I know who it is. How? I just you know. You talk to Carpenter? No, I, no Carp nobody will reveal it, but it's obvious. Throughout this entire movie, it's Antarctica. It's fucking freezing, right? So... We always see their breath throughout the entire movie because your body is running at 98 degrees Fahrenheit and it's about negative 10 to a negative 50 out there. They're fucking freezing. Mm -hmm. uh, Keith David walks over. He's not breathing. He's breathing, but we don't see any of his breath, right? We see plenty. And they make sure to linger on Kurt Russell for a while. We see plenty of his breath. And we don't see Keith David's character's breath. Keith David's the thing. Well, that's my interpretation. That's your interpretation. I, there is no official confirmation. That's just me watching the movie going... I find it strange that we don't see his breath at all. So you, you disagree with me? I don't disagree, but I, I mean, I wasn't looking for that. I didn't catch that. So I, I can't really speak on that, but it makes sense. It's a good, uh, it's a good argument. Did we notice, now that you know that and you've seen the movie more times than me, do you ever see anyone who was the thing? Do you see their breath? I, I was looking for it and I, don't, I didn't notice that. Now, for the rest of the movie, now it could be an overlook, it could be an oversight, but it's the end of the movie and they spend so much time on Kurt Russell's face and they made sure to put his breath in while not making sure to put Keith David's breath in. And it's the last scene of the movie. I can't imagine John Carpenter being John Carpenter going, that's a mistake in his film. I don't believe that. Now, I also don't know how the body works, so maybe he came from inside, his body, is, his breath isn't reacting immediately. I have no idea. I am not a scientist, I'm not a meteorologist. I am a forklift operator who also has a YouTube channel and a podcast, and that is it. So right. don't trust my word on the science on that because it's probably So this wrong. is speculation. We're not entirely sure. No. But it's a good speculation and could very it's well a, be the truth. It's a speculation I have believed for years. Okay. I've always believed that Keith David's child is, that's it. That's For me, that's the be-all, end-all. He's the thing. He's going to survive. He's going to find his way. He's going to freeze. And then this team is going to come in the spring, and they're going to you know, dig up all the bodies, bring them back to, I assume, America, because they're an American team, and they're going to do some autopsies. And this thing is going to take over the planet. And by 1984 in this universe, everyone's dead. Hmm, okay. That's my interpretation of the end of this movie. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's not bad. I, you know, I guess that's canon now. Yeah, it's canon now on Let's Talk, <laughs> that's for sure. And as being the neighborhood smart person on this show, I think it's fair. Okay, anything else you want to add? Uh, I do have some stuff I want to add about now that we're done with the movie. I want to talk about Kurt Russell. Okay, let's talk about Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. He's one of the best actors of all time, yes or no? Yeah, he's great. 
This guy starred in the 70s as a child actor. He played Elvis. He's worked a lot with Carpenter, but in the 80s, he did movies like Overboard and everything. And, you know, he did all What's those. What's your favorite Kurt Russell movie? So, <laughs> I think it's the thing, but hear me out. We were just talking about this. His best movie for me might be Backdraft. Backdraft. I love Backdraft. He plays Steven, him, uh, Ron Howard movie, Robert De Niro, uh, one of the Baldwin brothers. I think it's Steven. It's either still Steven or William. No, it's William Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. Now, do you get Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze? No, you brought this ever? up before. I, I don't see that other than the mullets. Yeah, I, I, could, uh, I can mix them up. Very easily. One thing that always bothers me is when a man has the capabilities of growing out an awesome beard like Kurt Russell does. Because mm -hmm. he has this awesome beard in The Hateful Eight, which is weird. Again, we were just talking the Morricone score, and it's just kind of like the thing. Kurt Russell's in both. Mm. So, but he has the capability of growing out this awesome beard. But throughout the 80s and early 90s, he just he always shaved, clean shaven. Yeah, I don't like that. Me neither. Especially when you can grow out a beard like that. Like, I need a beard because um, I have no chin, so I need a beard to cover that up. Yeah. Or else people think I look ridiculous. Covers up the ugly. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, it makes me look good. Look at me. I'm a 10 out of 10. I'm a five-star man. Mm. Now, you, you need a beard, too, because you're fat, you're balding, you're not that attractive, you're mm. short, you got ridiculous hands. Just the whole thing. So you need a beard to draw the attention away from that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't really need that, but I don't have a chin. It's my biggest weakness. Right, right, right. Now, Kurt Russell, he has this beard. It just doesn't make sense that he would ever shave it off. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't like shaving. It I don't hurts. Like sh I don't have that problem. It doesn't hurt. Doesn't I, it hurt your neck? I use a buzzer. Oh, okay. Well, when, when you use a, a razor... I haven't used a razor in 15 years. Oh, well, I'm just saying, if you ever did, it, it hurts your neck. Well, why don't you just use a buzzer, and then you could avoid this whole problem? Well, I'm just saying, the, the couple times that I've shaved... Like, because I've had jobs where I've been required to shave my face. That is true. And you have to be clean shit, and I might... That might be in the future for me. Oh, yeah. Matt's uh, been accepted to be a police officer, actually. We can reveal well, to you guys. Not, not quite. Not uh, quite. He's got some work we're, to... We're uh, uh, undergoing investigation. But... To see if it's worth it. So hopefully he hasn't said anything on YouTube that's going to get him disqualified. Mm. One thing you should worry about, definitely, is the ugly thing, though. That's a yeah. big one for you. So John Carpenter, moving off of him. So you, other than Halloween, what other John Carpenter movies do you love? Is there any that you love? Christine. Christine. Okay, so that's in the early 80s. I'd have to look at his filmography. Well, I'll just, just read. Off, off the top of my head, you know, you got Big Trouble, Little China, which we both agree is eh. in his best. Uh, you haven't seen In the Mouth of Madness yet, which is another nope, great one from him. I haven't seen that yet. But you have seen Ghosts of Mars and Vampires, which are like his, some of his worst, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't really like those. Ghosts of Mars is ugh, okay. Vampires, I did not like. You never seen Escape from LA. Escape from New York is amazing. That's one of his that. best. Yeah. Oh, Assault on Precinct 13. I think that's amazing. I like the remake more. I, I forgot you like the remake more. That's <laughs> ridiculous that you like the remake more. Just like it more. I don't know why. Oh, uh, the original. I, the remake is good, though. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Lawrence Frischberg, Ain't the Hog. No, it is a good movie. It's just not as good as the original. I disagree. Okay. You're allowed to have your opinion, even if it's wrong. Anyway. Yeah, so there's not much else on the thing. Like, this is a good movie. I love this movie. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. As far as even in the horror sci-fi genre, it's still... It won't crack my top 10 all time. I don't know if it cracks my top 20 all time, but I've seen a lot of movies. But as far as in the horror genre goes, I think that this is a top 5 horror movie ever made. I mean, some people will agree. Some people should agree. I think that... Uh, it's just hard for me to... It's definitely John Carpenter's best, in my opinion. Now, my yeah. top... As far as horror movies go, I think my top two are... Top three are Candyman, Poltergeist, and The, the Ring. Those are my top three horror movies ever made. 
What? Yeah. I know they're all over the place, right? Yeah, I mean, those would not even be in my top ten. Walls? What is your favorite horror movie ever made? Is uh, it? Probably Halloween. Yeah. Probably Halloween and Scream, yeah. right? Scream, yeah. Well, you love the slasher genre more than most people love the slasher genre. Mm. I like that sense of dread. I like to go into a horror movie and I want to feel fear. I like that, you know, I like the paranormal horror movies. I like it when there's something like this. They're trapped. There's no way out. They have no choice but to face this monster. They can't get away. Like, the big thing in a lot of horror movies, especially in the slasher genre, they're just stupid. These people are very smart. Love slashers. I know. But they could get away yeah, so easily. all the screams easy. are amazing. The screams are amazing. Most of the Friday the 13th are I agree. fantastic. Nightmare on Elm Streets. Oh, yeah. John Carpenter, other than Halloween, and I, has he really ever made another slasher? I think he played, around, he's played around in a lot of different genres, but I don't think he ever made another slasher movie. Yeah, I think that's what it is for me. And he's the father of the slasher, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Black Christmas came before this. But, great movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. And I'm really upset I have to wait till Christmas to watch the original again because I love Black Christmas. I don't have anything really else to say about the thing other than to say that it's a perfect film in my opinion. I think it's a five-star movie. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. We could say it's a good 4K. It's a great 4K, speaking of which. We have that right here. This is a universal 4K. Uh, me and Matt both watched this 4K. I upgraded from my Thing Blu-ray that I saw. You can get saw. that pretty cheap on Groove.com. You can. And it's a great 4K. Now... It's not a perfect 4K. I think we both agreed on this, right? I would have preferred Dolby Vision. Yes. Now, that is actually my biggest flaw with this. This is actually the old Blu-ray. I own this Blu-ray separately, and I have the 4K right here. Now, the 4K, its biggest flaw is with the HDR. It doesn't handle the blacks perfectly. It handles them well. This is a big upgrade from the previous Blu-ray where it had some color issues. The snow kind of looked not as white. The snow looked pure white in this. Looked just like they were in the snow in all the snow shots. I think they yes. did a great job with that. The skin tones, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a 1982 film, source material, so that's probably why it's not 110% perfect. Yeah, it looks great, but I just find that when a 4K doesn't have Dolby Vision, it's just not quite up to par for some reason. Dolby Vision, for the most part, there are some exceptions, like uh, the movie you reviewed earlier this year, Blur the HDR 10, was better than the 4K oh, Dracula. Dolby Dracula. Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula. The, the HDR was actually better. And I believe it was the same thing with Super 8, if I'm correct. That had better HDR 10 than Dolby Vision also. That's also preference, yes. I think. I think Dolby Vision handles blacks better. I, I think it handles darker scenes better than HDR does. I think it handles everything better. The colors are more vivid. The darks are darker. The, the brights are brighter. And it, the contrast between the colors. Everything works better with Dolby Vision, in my opinion. I'm a Dolby Vision guy. Whenever I see something doesn't have Dolby Vision, has regular HDR or whatever, I'm like, hmm... That's a bit upsetting. Because also it changes the bit rate and all that stuff. Too. It does. It yes. does. Dolby Vision, I, I, I agree. I 100% agree. is better. It, and it just handles blacks better. That's, just, that's the big thing I always notice when I go from HDR to Dolby Vision. Because I have Dolby Vision only on my C2 because my 4K player can only play Dolby Vision. Because as we know, the Series X can't do Dolby Vision for discs. So I'll test out the HDR or the Dolby Vision on a lot of stuff. And always... The old thing I always notice is that the Dolby Vision is just always darker than HDR10 mm -hmm. or HDR10+. Plus. That's just what I always notice. So I can still recommend, this is the definitive edition of this. There is also sure. a, a Zavi, I believe, 4K Steelbook with this in it, which is also really nice. I can recommend. I don't really have too much else to say about the thing. Do you have anything else you want to say about the thing? 
Um, nope, I think we're good. So that's going to about wrap it up for us here on episode two yep. of Half-Assed Movie Reviews. I hope we didn't half-ass it. Well, if we did, that's why it's called Half-Assed. Yeah, we get the, <laughs> it gives us a pass. <laughs> so for everyone who just discovered this show for the first time, it is available on YouTube and on all podcast services. So if you want to find us either on YouTube or on podcast, just search Let's Talk Entertainment Media. Look for that purple logo that we got. Mm -hmm. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. And on YouTube is where you can pick our next video review that we will do or audio review for half-ass movie reviews. Yep. Um, I put think, out a poll. Yeah, we'll put out a poll. We're going to keep Terminator 3 in there. I don't know what the other three films are going to be yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll pick after the video and we'll decide and just come to the page and search for it. Actually, by this point, it already would have been picked because this video comes out on Thursday and mm. we need to know by Wednesday what we're watching. So, anyway, find the YouTube page, like it, subscribe to it, find us on podcast, like it, subscribe to it, give it five stars, and nothing would help us out more than by you doing that. And nothing else helps us out more than by you going out and telling all your friends about us. What? All right. We'll be seeing you around, guys. Mm.